0: Um, thank you. Got a couple of people coming in here. Um, well, the marathon is here. It's very, very exciting to see. I was thinking even next, um, next year, maybe we could go out and, uh, just encourage those that are running the marathon. Maybe some of you will be running, you know? Come on, Ezra. Um, but we could definitely, what a great way to share our faith. It was just a, a thought, like, we could hand out water. And, uh, you know, with a, with, with a little thing that, you know, shows where church is next Sunday. You know, we could do that and, and probably there's probably about 10,000 people uh, in and among uh, running here or maybe, maybe five. Maybe I'm over exaggerating, but uh, certainly felt like that right now. Goodness gracious. A lot of people uh, running. Um, I've run two marathons and what I've learned is didn't really want to talk to people that much afterwards, <laughs> but um, I did, I will take a free water, you know, and uh, in, a, in a bar or something like that, I would take that and, and look at it later, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, we are going to jump into Ecclesiastes again, I know we, we've been uh, going through Ecclesiastes, uh, we're calling it Living Life Backwards, okay, Living Life Backwards, so that's kind of what we're talking about right now. Um, and uh, it's been great to go through this. I know um, Mark Buckle has preached a great message last time. Amen. And um, yeah, I think this is going to be a great thing even on the app to go over and over again. Just go through Ecclesiastes, read again and again. I think, I think we need perspective, amen? Yep. We need perspective on this amazing book that was written uh, thousands of years ago. Uh, and from the, the wisest person, you know, people say on. The planet, And uh, he was given wisdom from God. Amen. So let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and we'll jump right in. Um, we are going to be going for the, next, for the rest of the, this fall through a series called Life, Death and Beyond. And so we are going to go into those really difficult topics of the Bible. Death, right? What happens after you die, right? That's something everyone should know, right? As a disciple... Especially when the Bible tells you what happens after you die. It's so encouraging just to know. To not fear death. <clears throat> yeah. You know, for me, <clears throat> it's great to not fear death. I don't fear death. Um, I don't fear where I'm going. I know, I, I know that I am not worthy to get to heaven. But I know the Son of God has made me worthy. Amen? Amen. Amen. I know that I'm not worthy to, to, or strong enough to go through death uh, unhinged and, and go into paradise. But I know my God is a, is a promise keeper, amen? Right. I know he keeps his promises every single time. Yeah. And he has demonstrated that in the, throughout history. And he will demonstrate it again one day. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about beyond. The, the new earth and the new heaven. Many people haven't even ventured to go into these topics. And it's going to inspire you, I guarantee you... During this series, you're going to be sharing your faith in amazing ways. You're going to feel the the incredible excitement of what you're about to go through, and and you're going to get excited about inviting others to it. Amen? Amen. You know, I'm excited to see movies, and I want to bring people to them. There can be nothing in comparison to inviting people to heaven, inviting people to that amazing thing. But in order to do that, we have to understand life. And so we're going to be focusing on life for the next couple of weeks uh, through the book of Ecclesiastes. Amen? Amen. So, um, living life backwards. What does that mean? Well, just a little bit quick review. I know we've, a lot of us have already been through this book, but Ecclesiastes is written by Quoleth, or the preacher, right? That's what he says. He says, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And he's basically saying that, The things that people chase after in this world don't mean anything because you're going to be forgotten someday. Do you know, church, you're going to be forgotten? No one's going to know your name. Even people that that are famous right now aren't going to be known. And one of the things that always helps me with that is I asked Noah who Prince was. And he was like, I don't even know who Prince is. You know, (laughs) Prince, I was like, you know, don't. Be rich. You know, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> Prince. You don't know Prince, you know. And, 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 and he's like, who's that? And I'm like, wow, he just passed away. He lives now. And people in this, you know, in the young people don't know who they are. And so stop going after these things of, of, of oh, I need to make something of my life. He says, you're going to die. Face the facts. You're going to die. So enjoy your life while you're living. Enjoy your life. You know, we don't get to enjoy our life as much because we're thinking about the future. We're thinking about the past. And, and, and that's what the preacher's saying. Enjoy your life. Amen? Amen? And then he goes on to talk about giving you perspective that, that God has set eternity on your heart. Therefore, nothing else will satisfy us in this life that's right. except eternity. That's right. That's right. Do you know that? If you don't live eternally You're not going to be satisfied Because you know that it's coming You know that there's something afterwards You know at funerals I never talk to anyone who says Oh they're just dead Most people say They're looking down on me Or that I know that they're around and, and it's funny how There's more believers at a funeral Than outside of a funeral And actually Solomon talks about this in Ecclesiastes 7. We all believe when the funeral happens. But when life happens, we get distracted and we don't believe as much. And so what I'm here to talk about is uh, uh, Ecclesiastes 7 and 8. And it's called free advice from a wise guy. Now I'm not talking about the Italian mafia wise guy. I'm talking about a very wise guy named Solomon, right? And we're going we're gonna to go from the first six chapters, we're all kind of slamming home, slam dunking the point, right, that you're going to die, you better enjoy your life now, no one's going to remember you, stop running after what the world tries to get you run after, riches are meaningless, you know, achievement is meaningless, because what you do is going to be done again, You know, someday no one's going to know who Steve Jobs is. Or Bezos or whatever his name is. I can't even say his name right. The Amazon guy, you know. No one's going to know who he is. They're going to go, what's Amazon? Why do you have to go online to, to buy stuff? I just speak into my ear and go, you know. I mean, people are not going to remember achievement, right? So we keep going. He says... Okay, is what's 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 worth going after? Well, at the end of Ecclesiastes, he says, Fear God and obey his commands. Yeah. Remember God in your youth. That's what he says. Before this the, the cord is severed. Don't forget God and go to him and get right with him before it's too late. Amen. You know, that's kind of what it ends with, and we're gonna go to that ending. But From Ecclesiastes 1 through 6, he's trying to hammer that home. And then 7 and 8, he kind of, instead of throwing us with kind of a story, he bombards us with Proverbs. Just Proverbs that that in some way make a point of what he's trying to to lay down. And you'll see what I'm saying. So let's start in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And the first point is, face the facts. Face the facts. And, you know, again, we're going to talk about pessimistic teaching today. That, that I like optimistic teaching. You know, it's encouraging to hear, you know, Psalm 103, right? You know, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know, you know, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high is God's love for us. Amen. We need to hear that, amen? Yeah. amen. We also need to hear the facts, mm-hmm. the truth. And Our brother Solomon doesn't pull many punches here into chapter seven. Let's jump in. A good name is better than fine perfume, or in Ecclesiastes seven, and the day of death better than the day of birth. Hmm. It is better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. For death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. Do you think about that you're going to die? That's kind of a weird thing to do. I want to challenge you, church, to think about it every day. If this was your last day on earth, will you make the most of it? Will you spend? You know, will you enjoy? Will you pour yourself out? Amen? Amen. Will you do that? Today I might die. I might die in the pulpit right here. What a way to go out. Be a way to go out. There's a couple ways I'd like to go out. Preaching. Being with my family. I'd like to be eating a great steak. That'd be nice. You know? uh, Maybe win a game of basketball. Be done. You know? Be like, wow, that old guy, he's pretty good. You know? Be like, yes, sonny. I had my game. And then, you know, just go out. That'd be fine. I'd be fine with that. Baptizing someone, right? That'd be something awesome, you know? Um, It'd be great to be at a conference and be singing. Uh, but someday I'm going to die. I need to take heart for that. Verse 3, frustration is better than laughter. Really, Solomon? Frustration is better than laughter. Why? Because sad face is good for the heart. Wow, that's pretty wise, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it fun? Isn't, we're having laughter, and then... I want you to be frustrated. So as you're coming in today, you're frustrated. Be encouraged. The Bible says it's better for you to be frustrated than laugh. Why? The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. But the heart of the fools is the house of pleasure. It's better to heed the rebuke of the wise person than to listen to the song of fools. Like the crackling of thorns under the pot. So it is with the laughter of fools. This too is meaningless. Can I just talk to the young people right now? Young people. I feel like YouTube can do that. YouTube can be the crackling of thorns underneath the pot. <laughs> Look at that. It's me, man. Look at that. Look at this. Look at that. Do you spend some time really getting deep with God, though? Because the Bible says it's foolishness just to do that. Now, I like looking at, you know, Badland Chugs, you know, drinking a, a big Sprite down. That was hilarious. I love that. That was funny. I laughed my head off. I showed Denise and, and Lenny. Denise was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, a mother, mother's thought, that? He's going to get hurt doing that, you know? And I was laughing as the sprite just came out of his nose. I like laughing too. And if you know me, I'm a goofball. But you have to get deep. And we can spend our whole life just kind of staying on the shallow water. That's right. Instead of getting deeper. You know, it's, it's the laughter of fools. This too is meaningless. I'm going to have to, to say... Don't just listen to the laughter of fools on YouTube and on the different videos that are going on. Just don't, doing that is going to make you not a spiritual person. It's going to make you a fool. And we all, I mean, I'm not just I'm not talking to young people. We all do that sometimes, right? I just want to veg out. Here's a question. Do you veg out for more than one hour a day? If you do so, I'd encourage you to stop doing that practice. Because it's too, it's too long. You know, your, your brain needs to engage in something a little deeper. Amen? Amen. Come on, I just wanted to throw that out. And, I, and I'm talking to myself too. Verse 7. Exhortation turns a, a wise person into a fool, and a bribe corrupts the heart. The end of the matter is better than the beginning, and the patience is better than pride. Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not wise to ask such questions. I'm talking to the older people now. Yeah. The older people, oh man, back in the day when I was in campus, or back in the day when I was doing this, it, it, the days were so great. You know, Danielle and I were talking with, with Josh, and we we're talking about cross country, and Danielle goes, oh, Glenn always inflates, you know. His, his accolades in sports. <laughs> Don't listen to him, you know? And she's totally right, we all do that, you know? Blah, 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 and blah, 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 and flap, 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 and this happened all the time, and I'm just, you know, and, and what could, the younger people can feel like is, wow, that must have been great. We all have our day, you know, those times, but you know, these times are the best times. You know, if you think about it, you're wiser, smarter, you know, Many of us are stronger. Many of us have this wisdom that comes from God. Why shouldn't these days be the best days? It's not wise to ask such questions. Wisdom, like an inheritance, is a good thing and benefits those who see the sun. Wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves those who have it. You can have all the money in the world but no wisdom. And and this is not just, oh, I know what, you know, the duck platypus is. You know, I know that it's, you know, I know this and I know that. And you know information. The spiritual wisdom that you get it from reading the Bible. That's the wisdom that you need. If you want to preserve your life eternally, in this life, of course, but also in the next life. You know, I want to preserve myself. So that's why I dig into the Word. That's why I get deeper in God's Word. That's why the wisdom, you know, cheap wisdom, you can get really cheap. Amazing wisdom, eternal wisdom, you have to dig down deep. You know, we need to do that, church. Amen? Amen. Consider what God has done. Who can straighten what he has crooked? When times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. In this meantime, life of mine, in this meaningless life of mine, I have seen both of these. The righteous perishing in their righteousness, and the wicked living long in their wickedness. Do not be over-righteous, neither be over-wise. Why destroy yourself? Do not be wicked, and do not be a fool. Why die before your time? It is good to grasp the one and not let go of the other. Whoever fears God will avoid all extremes. What amazing Proverbs. Yeah. Do not be overrighteous. I mean, wow, that's interesting. You know, uh, my stepfather said, you know, even, you know, you know everything in moderation, and he, even moderation. That's what he said, you know. It's kind of a deep saying, you know. But essentially, the Pharisees were overrighteous, weren't they? They were way over-righteous, and it, it, they missed the Christ because of that. You know, and, and so he's saying, you know, don't. Don't be over-righteous, meaning don't, don't get so wrapped up in the rules that you forget the heart. Yeah. You know, some of us, you know, I know many of us when we were getting baptized or maybe you're studying now, you can think you have to be perfect to be, to be saved. And, and that's, that's something stopping you from becoming a Christian. That's something that we all need to remember that we're not saved by our works, but by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. But we also have to be Right? Not overly wicked. Oh, 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 it's good. I'm forgiven. I can do whatever I want. I can come, in church, come to church when I please. I can, I can do everything because the grace of God saves me. Of course, that's not going to be good either. Why die before your time, he says. Um, verse 19. Wisdom makes one person wise more powerful than ten rulers in a city. Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous. No one who does what is right and never sins. Do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. Amen. Amen. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. All this I tested by wisdom and said, I am determined to be wise, but this was beyond me. Whatever exists is far off and most profound. Who can discover it? So I turned my mind to understand, to investigate, and to search out wisdom and the schemes of things, and to understand the stupidity of wickedness and the madness of folly. I find more bitter than death the woman who is a snare, whose heart is a trap, and whose hands are chains. The man who pleases God will escape her, but the sinner, she will ensnare. Look, says the teacher, this is what I have discovered, adding one thing to another to discover the schemes of things. While I was searching... But not finding. I found one upright man among a thousand, but not one upright woman among them all. This only have I found. God created mankind upright, but they have gone in search of many schemes. The sisters just woke up there. They're like, what, what, what? What does this say here now? What, what, is, what did Solomon say? This is an interesting passage. I was telling Lyanne, oh Lord, why? Why do I get this passage, you know? The Bible says, preach all of the Bible, amen? Not just the parts that are easy for me to preach. And so I asked Danielle, what do you think I should do? And she was, she was, she was wise. She said, you know, maybe you don't want to just, just say, I, I don't know. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's good, but I need to dig down deep, amen? I got to dig down deep and figure out what this means. And so we just went through a lot of stuff, guys, and I think you should... Review this. I can't hit every proverb. Honestly, every proverb deserves a whole sermon about itself, right? Yeah. But what I want to share is that, um, you know, in this last part, you know, what is he talking about? Is is, is Solomon a, a chauvinist? No. No. You know, if you write down some scriptures, Proverbs twelve four. Okay, Proverbs twelve four. Proverbs eighteen twenty-two Proverbs nineteen fourteen. This is all beyond the app. And Proverbs thirty one ten, obviously the the woman of noble character, right? Yeah. We see that in the Proverbs and even throughout Solomon's life, he valued women. Amen. Amen. The Queen of Sheba was a great example. What a wise woman she was, and, and, he, and so it's interesting, it's interesting to look here. I thought, in my own kind of thinking, <laughs> I was like, maybe at this point he had 950 wives. And he was like, these women are driving me crazy. <laughs> 950 wives Solomon had, concubines and I guess real wives, I don't know what the difference between a concubine and a wife is, you know, I don't quite understand that I have to dig deeper to, to teach that's not the lesson Right now, but the, the wives led him to, f- to worship false gods. And what I think about is that we need to be careful with who we marry. Right. We need to make sure that a godly woman is who we're marrying men, Amen. and vice versa for women, yeah. because they it, it drove the wisest man on earth to worship the sun and the stars versus other than God. Solomon might be the only one who wrote the Bible but didn't make it to heaven. Crazy. We're listening to a man who might not be we might not meeting in heaven. It's funny how Hebrews 11 doesn't even it mentions Samson, right? You're like, "Okay, Samson." Sam's just like, yes, I made it in the Hall of Faith. And everyone's like, how did you make it into the Hall of Faith? You know, you were just a total, if it lasts the last moment, I was like, help me, Lord. And I just pulled down these pillars, you know, and, you know, like, how did he make it in? You know, and then Barak, man, Barak was like, hey, sister, why don't you go ahead? I'll be right behind you. You know, Barak made it into the Hall of Faith, but Solomon didn't. Solomon didn't. You think, wow, wouldn't Solomon, you know, who made the temple, made it into the Hall of Faith. But Apollos or Barnabas or Paul, whoever wrote the book Hebrews, I believe it was Apollos. Just my thought, my opinion. He had a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. And he wrote with eloquence, you know. And he wrote differently than Paul. And it could be Barnabas too. But I don't think Paul wrote Hebrews. But whoever wrote Hebrews left out Solomon. Solomon. He had many wives. And maybe at this point he was like, these women are driving me crazy. You know, they want to go to like 950 churches today. (laughs) I'm just trying to go to to the temple that I built. Why can't we go to the temple I built? You know, and they're going back and forth here. Right. Um, Then I got deeper. And this is where it kind of gave me chills when you look into the scriptures. Right. One upright man among thousands. One upright man among thousands. Was he talking about Jesus? Could have been Jesus who he was talking about. You know, that's what I, that's just, this is just a thought. I'm digging deeper. I'm trying to think through. The upright man. The one upright man among thousands. Was Jesus Christ. He was the man that came down and did not sin once. The Bible says that He said, Can anyone of you prove me guilty of sin? Imagine asking that question. If I asked that to you, can anyone prove me guilty of sin? There would be a line. Even though you love me. There'd be a line of I saw this, I saw that, I saw this, bro. I mean, some people don't even know me, and they can just, they can go, you did this, and you did this, surely you did that, you know? Even guess what I could be involved in, right? But, but he was speaking to Pharisees, guys, and they could not prove him guilty of sin. They actually tried to put him in positions where he had to sin. <laughs> and somehow he got out of it. Because 1 Corinthians uh, you know, uh, 10, 13 says, he'll always give you a way out, Amen he can't, every time he got to, if, if I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Who belongs to God? hears what God says. The reason you don't not hear me is that you do not belong to God. Mm-hmm. Interesting. This, up, this one upright man is the only sacrifice for sins. I don't know if that's what Solomon was speaking about. Sometimes people prophesy and they don't even know it. Yeah. I don't believe Isaiah understood what he was prophesying about fully. Yeah. When he said Isaiah 53 and the suffering servant, I don't think he quite understood what he was preaching about, right. what he was speaking about. You know, when he said the woman would be, the, the, the virgin would be with child, did he understand what that meant? You know, I don't know. But the one upright man is Jesus Christ, amen? amen. And that might be why he said there's not, it's not a woman, it's a man. And that man is Jesus Christ. But I want to say this to the sisters. There are many upright women yeah. in this congregation. Amen. You know, many of them. That, that, and, and you are greater than John the Baptist, the Bible says. That's right. And even though we falter because of the grace of God, because of the one upright man, we all can be upright. That's right. One person's sinlessness allows us to be blameless. Amazing, amazing. The one upright man. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Uh, Do you ever just meditate on that? That the one upright man, Jesus Christ, was tempted in every way you are. And yet he didn't sin. Then, even going a little further, and meditating on this, that same upright man's spirit is inside of you. And you can be tempted and not sin. I want you to try this one week, one day out of the week. I want you to strive to deny every temptation that comes your way. I want you to pray through this passage and just say, God, help me be like the upright man. Help me deny, you know, anger and getting, and in my anger, help me not sin. Help me deny the lust that that tempts me. Help me deny the thoughts. Help me... Be on my guard like Jesus was all 33 years of his life. Help me like go into the desert like Jesus did and not be tempted and not be sinful. This exercise will be wonderful too because number one, it will help you worship Jesus even that much greater. Amen? But what you'll find is you can do it. And that Experience will help you realize the fact that all men have to give an account for their sin. We say everyone sins, no one's perfect, and that's true. But that does not mean we can't sin because the one man, Jesus Christ, was a man just like us and tempted in every way, just like us, but didn't sin, church. I'm glad the rest of it says that, you know. He says, he didn't sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may find mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I think he's talking about the need for grace. Amen? Yeah. When we come to God, when we come to Jesus Christ in prayer, when we have sinned, you need to remember who you're going to, church. You're going to the one upright man, but the one upright man that can emphasize with the loud cries and tears he gave up to not sin. He realizes the challenges you face. And he realizes your weakness and he, he's not, not able to empathize with you. Isn't it amazing? To me, that's amazing. Yeah. Amen. It's hard for me to emphasize, emphasize with a drug dealer. It's hard for me to emphasize with a murderer. But Jesus, because he's so humble and so loving, he was able to empathize em- em- uh, with us. I'm trying to say that word. The one upright man The one upright man. You know, I never thought that scripture would get me there. (laughs) Wouldn't it? This scripture, I was like scared of. And this is one of the most inspiring parts of Ecclesiastes for me now. The one, one upright man. And for me, I might be totally wrong about the interpretation of this scripture. I want to say that out loud. But it still got me to focus on Jesus. So, amen. amen. The one upright man. Amen. Let's keep going to chapter 8 now. No one can comprehend what God does. Amen? No one can comprehend what God does. Let's go into Ecclesiastes 8. This will be a little quicker. Whoops. Okay. Who is like the wise? Who knows the explanation of things? A person's wisdom brightens their face and changes its hard appearance. Isn't it true? When you get wisdom from God like... I see your faces lighting up even as I preach. Oh, that's awesome. We need to keep on getting wisdom. You know how you stay young? Keep learning. Amen? Amen. Obey the king's command, I say, because you took an oath before God. Do not be in a hurry to leave the king's presence. You know, it's a very interesting thing for Solomon, who's king, to be talking about this. You know, you better obey. I mean, it's a kind of indirect way. It's like me saying obey your leaders in the Lord especially the evangelists of your church you need to obey him that's what the Bible says this Hebrew this, the Greek word means to be persuadable and I start saying it like that you're like okay bro we get it but this is what he's doing saying obey the king and, you know, I have to say, it's kind of a weird thing for Solomon to do. And maybe he was just trying to give us wisdom about how if we fight the authority in our life, amen, it's not good. doesn't go well for us. But was he kind of, was he talking about Jesus? I just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm i going back to Jesus with this. And, and maybe I'm totally wrong about this. And, and yet, it's, it, the Spirit's just kind of, Making me think about, instead of the king, King Jesus. You know, obey the king's command because you took an oath. Jesus is Lord. You took an oath. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is master. Do not be in a hurry to leave the king's presence. That's even more pointing me to Jesus. You know, if I'm a king, I don't want you to hang around too long. Because I got things to do. You know, the president's like, you have a 10 minute meeting with this person. You got a five minute meeting with this person. You're going to shake someone's hand for one second, and then you're going to go out of this room. I mean, that's kind of how he runs. What about the king? Does the king want you to hang out with him all the time? I'm trying to think, wow. But Jesus does. Church, what if we said, do not be in such a hurry to leave Jesus' presence? Don't be such in a hurry. We are, though, aren't we? Don't be such in a hurry to leave the king's presence. Do not stand up for a bad cause, for he will do whatever he pleases. Since the king's word is supreme, who can say to him, what are you doing? Whoever obeys his commands will come to no harm, and the wise heart will know the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter, though a person may be weighed down by misery, since no one knows the future. Who can tell someone? else what is to come. As no one has power over the wind to contain it. So no one can have the power over the time of their death. And no one is discharged in the time of war. So wickedness will not release those who practice it. You know, you don't know the day. He's saying it again and again in Ecclesiastes. You don't know the day you are die. You're gonna die. So get right with the king. Get right with the king. You know, let me ask you something. Are you sure that you're going to heaven? If the answer is yes, then hallelujah. If it's not, you got to get right as quickly as possible. As quickly as possible. Why are we wasting time? Today could be the day of your death. Why are we wasting time? Why are we playing with God? Why do we say, oh, it'll be okay. It's not going to be okay. Revelation says it's not going to be okay. There's going to be books opened. And if your name is not in the book, it's, if you're going to experience a second death, termination, no more existence. Oh, you're scaring me now, Glenn. No, I'm not, I'm not. Don't be fearful of me. Fear God. That's why we share our faith, because I want more names in that book. I share my faith because I want more names in the book. And I'll take rejection because I want more names in that book. That book being the book of life. Verse 9. All this I saw as I applied my mind to everything done under the sun. There is a time when a man lords it over others to his own hurts. Amen. Amen. Then too I saw the wicked buried. Those who used to come and go from the holy place and receive praise in the city where they did this. This too is meaningless. When the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, people's hearts are filled with schemes to do wrong. Although a wicked person who commits a hundred crimes may live a long time, I know that it will go better with those who fear God, who are reverent before Him. Yet because of the wicked do not fear God, it will not go well with them, and their days will not be lengthened like a shadow. There is something else meaningless that occurs on earth. The righteous who get what the wicked deserve, and the wicked who get what the righteous deserve. This too, I say, is meaningless. So I commend the enjoyment of life because there is nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of their life God has given them under the sun. When I applied my mind to know wisdom and to observe the labor that is done on on earth, people getting no sleep day or night, then I saw all that God had done. No one can comprehend what goes on under the sun despite all their efforts to search it out. No one can discover its meaning. Even if the wise claim they know, they cannot really comprehend it. You know, people don't know God's ways completely. And why something happens. And why something doesn't happen. And I think what's really moving me right now as I look at the scripture is it doesn't even matter. Because this life Is just a piece of the real life The question why Is sometimes a question That is You'll never find the answer for Why did so and so die Why did this happen why did, I, why did this oppression happen When someone else has it easier than me I don't know And the wisest man on the earth Doesn't know he saw wicked people rising to great success, and he's seen righteous people go down. And the biggest example is that one upright man. Amen. Homeless, no legacy, you know, on the earth from a, from an earth point standpoint of view. No, no, offspring, right? No, no, really, anything to, to hang his hat on. He would have been buried probably thrown into a pile of bodies if it wasn't for Joseph or yeah. He was a man full of sorrows, but the greatest man of all time, Amen. who has so much offspring, we can't even count. Right. There will be trillions in heaven because of Jesus Christ. Amen. Trillions. You go, what are you talking about, trillions? They will be uncountable numbers of people. It's called exponential generational counting It doesn't feel like there's a lot of people in this room But if you keep on doing it Every year, you'll see It'll add up to an offspring The Bible says in Revelation No one will count No one can count You know, there are huge numbers in the Bible Amen? Huge numbers That that were counted Israel, right? So many people were counted but this number will not be counted not even by the angels only by God because he's the best counter amen amen he has all wisdom mm-hmm. but i just want to end with the fact that we need to remember that we're limited <laughs> in this life yeah. and so the things we do know we need to hold on to we get so caught up in the things we don't know that we don't do what we should do with the things we do know. And so for all of us, I just want to encourage us, give up trying to comprehend the ways of God. Because the wisest man on earth couldn't do it. Remember, remember, church, we need to face the facts that we're going to die. And because of that, we need to enjoy. And I just want to end with something that really gave me joy yesterday. I enjoyed this. I was given the keys to the coconut rice. You know, like Peter got the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I got the keys to the coconut rice. My grandma and my mom, who are visiting right now, they walked me through how to make coconut rice. And it was a three and a half hour process wow. of stirring the oil over and over again. And I learned, I cracked the coconut. I got the coconut, you know, rhyme. I, I blended it up. Then I made the oil and grandma, over grandma's supervision, of course. And she handed me the spoon. It was a moment in time, she handed me the spoon. And, and to you, that's, it might not be a big deal, but for me it's a big deal because I now know this recipe and I can show it to my kids. And I can, you know, Manny kind of stirred too. He already has a little stirring in there. But you know, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed being with my grandma who's gonna be 90. next month next month she's going to be 90 years old you know her skin is like softer than mine amen but you know just to be with your family to enjoy the moments guys because they're not always going to be we don't always have these moments so today enjoy your life and remember you can't comprehend what God's done but you can enjoy now you can enjoy right now And enjoy every moment of it. But don't forget the upright man. Because he is the most amazing. Amen.